Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of A Contagious Smile, where every smile tells a story. I have to tell you right now, I'm smiling from ear to ear because anyone who knows me knows I am a Mickey Mouse fanatic. And we have Jeff Barnes with us today. Dr. Disneyland is his nickname and well-deserved. And when I first saw him a few minutes ago, I just fell in love with his whole background because it's like my heaven. It's all Mickey Mouse. How are you, <laughs> Jeff? Thank you so much for being here with us. I am doing great, Victoria. And I love the fact that you're all in on Mickey and um, looking forward to sharing some great stories with you today. I love it. I just love it. So Mickey is your favorite. You know, I think he is. Um, it's either Mickey or Dumbo. Um, I love Dumbo, because, but Mickey takes yeah, it all the way to Steamboat yeah. Willie. He's got it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people don't realize it. And I do this in my keynotes. Um, I talk about Walt Disney's failures and the creation of his first successful cartoon character. And everybody just assumes, well, it's got to be Mickey Mouse, right? Because even Walt once said, we can never forget that it all started with a mouse. Mm -hmm. uh, but the truth of the matter is it really started with a rabbit, a fellow by the name of Oswald the Lucky rabbit and he would lose the rights to that character in a dispute with universal and it was facing that failure that forced him to come up with a new and better character a character that today victoria is the world's most popular and yes profitable animated character in cartoon history and so i love this background story behind mickey but i think most of all i love his indomitable spirit Yes, he's amazing. I absolutely love him. And I never had any tattoos until I went through my domestic violence. And I didn't want to see any scars anymore that he put on me. So I actually have Mickey Mouse tattooed on me. And I love it. And so I just think the world of them. Now, what I think is so cool is that you have taught the only accredited college course on the history of Disneyland in the world. How <laughs> did you get so lucky? Well, you know, I believe that our ideas are our most important resource. Um, yes, your time matters. Obviously, energy matters. Money matters. Um, but what's going on in your head, I think, matters most. Abraham Lincoln once said, you live the life you think about. Mm -hmm. And the idea for Disneyland started when Walt was sitting on a park bench on a Saturday afternoon uh, his daughters, Diane and Sharon, are having fun on a merry-go-round, Walt sitting separate and apart on this bench eating peanuts, and he has an idea for a place where parents and children can have fun together. Well, when I came to Southern California in 2011, and yes, I was a humanities professor teaching U.S. history, American government, state and local government. I was also Dean of Student Success, working with a lot of students who were struggling, and I wanted to find something that I could leverage to teach the principles of success. And let me tell you, Victoria, you're all in on Mickey Mouse. Yes. The kids here in Southern California are all in on Disney and specifically Disneyland. And knowing Walt's story, knowing the story behind the park and the stories that the park tells... I realized, wow, what if I could take the park and make it not just an escape, but an example 
And Disney could transform into the place, not just where dreams come true, but could show students, now readers and audiences in my keynote addresses, how to make their own dreams come true. And so that's what gave me the idea. But like any idea, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in yourself. You have to have the courage to take action. Walt doesn't ever get up off of that park bench. We don't have Disneyland. Right. And I um, I sat on that idea for about a year before I finally pitched what I like to say was my Mickey Mouse class. And fortunately, the university went for it. And it was a it was a game changer, um, not just for me, but I think most importantly for the students, uh, because our ideas and our dreams, they matter, but they matter not just to us. They matter to the people that they're going to have an impact on. Yes. Now, I know. Mr. Walt Disney himself had four C's as the key to success. Can you tell us what they are? <laughs> Absolutely. This is an entire chapter in uh, my first book, uh, The Wisdom of Walt, Leadership Lessons from the Happiest Place on Earth. It's a chapter titled Mastering the Four C's. Uh, Walt was once asked, hey, what does it take to be successful? And understand, Walt never got past ninth grade in terms of his formal education. And so his answer wasn't going to be high school degree. It wasn't going to be college diploma. Um, He had to come up with something a little bit different. And I think he actually came up with something better. For Walt, success came down to four C's, Victoria. And those four C's are confidence, courage, curiosity, and consistency. And then Walt took it a step further and said, out of the four, confidence is most important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. How does the park itself teach us how to overcome all these obstacles and to face the adversity that's going on in today's time? Well, I think, first of all, it's helpful to know the backstory, starting with the fact that Walt Disney himself most wanted to be remembered as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood um, will say that the town has never had a better storyteller. And, you know, we want to remember Walt, yes, for Mickey Mouse, yes, for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, yes, for Disneyland. But at the end of the day, he most wanted to be remembered as a storyteller. And when the park opened in 1955, the world had amusement parks. We didn't have theme parks, i.e. any sort of park that told stories. Uh, Walt was challenging us as his guests to step into the park and no longer be a passive spectator in a story, I think specifically our own life story, but rather be an active participant. And I think the best example of that is by way of the original Dark Rides in Fantasyland, i.e. Snow White and the Seven Doors, Peter Pan's Flight, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, because originally the heroes, the lead characters in those attractions, in those rides, in those stories, did not exist because Walt wanted the guest to be the hero. Walt wanted the guest to be Snow White, to be Peter Pan, to be Mr. Toad. That's how committed he was to the idea of challenging the guest to step up and be an active participant in their own great story. But get this, the guest in 1955, as much as they loved the park, were confused by those dark rides because everyone was on the lookout 
for Snow White. Everyone wanted to see Peter Pan. Everybody wanted to find Mr. Toad. And I think that's a great metaphor for life, mm -hmm. i.e. we keep looking for a hero rather than stepping up and becoming our own hero. I love that. I love that. Okay, but I have to ask, how could you possibly, your very first time at Disney, not like it? <laughs> well, I think for some folks, maybe a lot of folks, when you think Disney, and it doesn't matter whether it's Disneyland or Walt Disney World, you think um, lines and crowds, and it happened to be August, August of 1988, Ooh. so throw in some heat. Yes. And I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I, I don't like long lines. I don't like crowds. I hate the heat. And that's exactly what the first day was about for me. Um, I didn't know about rope drop, i.e. being there before the park actually opened. I didn't know the importance of starting early, which is another chapter in my book. And I just wanted to show up when Jeff felt like it and get on the latest, greatest attraction, which happened to be Star Tours in Tomorrowland. And I, I found the right place for the ride, but the wrong place for the line, Victoria, because we were quickly redirected uh, back to the end of Main Street, USA. And a little more than three hours later, finally had the opportunity to experience our first or my first Disneyland attraction and of course by that point the park was even more crowded yeah it was even hotter in the afternoon i mean by the end of the day i was done yeah but i didn't know walt's story mm -hmm. i didn't know the story behind the park i didn't know that the park was challenging us to then go out and live our own great story and fortunately out of the four c's that we talked about i am just naturally blessed with curiosity. And so I walked out of there thinking, well, everybody loves this place. Why did I hate it? And so my curiosity got the best of me. I started reading up on Walt, reading up on how the park came to be. And that's the story I fell in love with. How Walt wasn't born successful, impoverished childhood, difficult relationship with his father, bankrupted at age 21. More failures than successes. And I realized I could identify with that story. I could relate to that story. And once I had that connection, I go back to the park and I just completely fall in love with it because I saw it through the prism of a completely new and different story. Right. What is a very interesting and yet not expected fact? about Mr. Walt Disney himself that would totally take us by surprise? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Um, I, I think most people are surprised at the fact that he had as many failures as he did. And yet, if you know anything about entrepreneurship, if you know anything about what it takes to be successful, it usually is failure, 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 and then suddenly success. I mean, the old adage, you know, anybody's overnight success takes anywhere from five to 10 years. Um, and, you know, that was certainly true for Walt. But I, I think even beyond that, it was the manner in which he so desperately wanted guests 
to step into that story and see the world through the kinds of narratives that he loved. Um, and 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 I, if you've ever been to California Adventure and had the opportunity to step into Cars Land, which opened in 2012, I, I've heard children ask their parents, oh my gosh, is this where the movie Cars was filmed? Which of course is impossible because Cars is an animated feature, right. but to a child, they're having difficulty noticing the difference between animation and this amazing real physical space that Disney has managed to put us as guests into. Walt would absolutely love that because he didn't just want to tell stories, he wanted to put us into the story and then hopefully lift our spirits elevate our spirits so that we then go out and again live our own great and better story yes what do you think mr walt feels about how much disney has changed in the last <laughs> half decade i mean half century i mean like when my daughter's been in the hospital we would watch it and i was just dumbfounded at some of the things that are on the disney channel now so i will um emphatically say i have absolutely no clue okay and then i'll back off from that and let you know i've, I've had the privilege of um moderating and interviewing panels and uh, guests who are disney legends original imagineers folks who worked with walt disney <sighs> every single day and to a person they will tell you we did not know what Walt Disney was going to do next. You could never anticipate what he was thinking or what he was going to do. And there's a lot of outrage today. I mean, let's just be honest. There's just a lot of outrage, period, over Very anything good. and everything. Yes. But when it comes to Disney, there are folks who would say, you know, Walt would roll over in his grave. Walt wouldn't do this. Walt wouldn't like that. And I get it. But at the same time, the folks who knew Walt, the folks who worked with Walt every single day will tell you they didn't know what he was thinking. They didn't know what he was going to do next. And so it would be preposterous for those of us who never met him, never worked with him to think that we could um, say, oh, well, this is what Walt's thinking or this is what Walt would do. Um, this is how Walt would react. I will tell you this. Everyone doubted his dream for Disneyland to include his own wife and his own brother. When Walt was building the park, he literally did not have a friend anywhere in the world with people believing it would be bankrupt, shuttered and forgotten in six months or less. So for Walt to come into 2022 and see that today the sun never sets on a Disney park anywhere in the world, that one fact alone, I think, would cause Walt Disney to be absolutely thrilled right. because it would affirm and validate his idea and his dream. Right. They said he had a huge heart and just a big love for kids. Correct. Yes. And he wanted to make the world a better place. And he knew that every adult still had a kid inside of them. And he said... Who says we have to grow up? Why do we have to grow up? And he spoke to all of us, regardless of age, at any and every level. Yes. Yes, it's true. I have to give you my, my little short story. When we went to Disney, 
Um, we stayed at Give Kids the World in Florida, and we had uh, Pluto and all of them come to the park at Give Kids the World too. And Pluto came up, and and he was so cute, and he like got down on one knee and he he kissed my hand, and I was like, "You're supposed to be Mickey, like it's my <laughs> one thing." And you know, my daughter's like, "Mom," and I was like, "Sorry." And then Mickey comes out in the tuxedo. And my daughter's like, would you please kiss my mom's hand, please? And he actually like stood there and he knelt down and, and he gave me a kiss on the cheek and then he danced with me. And it was like the sweetest thing. I felt like a little girl. I mean, you know, and you were. I, I know, but I might just make a wish my daughter, you know, and she's like, okay, mom, are you happy now? And I was like, <gasps> you know, it was just growing up, you know, I was with my grandparents so much and and it was always Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. I mean, he gave me, my grandfather gave me uh, what I guess were called uh, baseball cards, but it's from Steamboat Willie up of all the Disney characters. And I cherish them. I love them. And it was yeah. just like, you know, this wasn't my first Disney trip, but to have Mickey come up and just be that sweet and loving, you do, you feel like a little kid. And that moment, just you just cherish it forever. But Mr. Friend here, you know, you did something that I was floored about is that you decided to put off having a surgery that you desperately needed so you could teach this course. Yeah. So um, guilty is charged. And yeah. here's sort of the backstory on that. Um, again, I, I think it's our ideas that have the opportunity, maybe not to change the world, but at least our world, Victoria. Right. And I had this idea for a course on the history of Disneyland, not to take kids to an amusement park, put them on a roller coaster and give them an easy A. The class was really about facing adversity, overcoming obstacles, embracing conflict, doing what it takes to achieve your goals, be successful, reach your dream and level up in life, which was all about doing hard and difficult things. And the day after I gave the first lecture in a class that I had been dreaming about teaching for forever. Right. The very next day. I've been in that class was, in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the very next day, I was diagnosed with a life-threatening brain tumor, and the neurosurgeon at Cedar sinai in downtown Los Angeles said to me, um, it's life-threatening. It's got to come out. Today's Friday. You have the weekend to get your affairs in order. I need you back here on Tuesday for brain surgery. And because of the um, invasiveness of the surgery, I was scheduled to be out of work six to eight weeks, which... <gasps> immediately meant the course would be canceled and who knows if it ever shows up on the schedule again right but i also remembered following the bankruptcy that walt experienced with his first studio laughagram studio kansas city missouri in 1923 when he was only 21 years old the way he turned that around the way he turned his life around was not by giving up but by going all in and he goes all in by boarding a train for California and he boards that train with $40, a single suitcase and a one way ticket. Well, I had already committed to this class in a very similar sort of fashion. I had boarded the history of Disneyland train. If you will, I was all in $40 single suitcase, one way ticket kind of commitment. And so when I got that diagnosis 
it really wasn't a decision to make because I had already decided I had already boarded the train. I was already all in. And so much to the bewilderment of the neurosurgeon and yes, my family, I simply refused because I was no longer going to be teaching the class. This was an opportunity for me to literally live the class. Yes. And spoiler alert. Yeah. And spoiler alert, we had the surgery two and a half months later. I lived and it was an absolute game changer because uh, from there, I wrote the first of two best-selling Disney leadership success books. And now we have the opportunity to write and speak full time. And that's the power of embracing conflict, doing hard things, and quite frankly, going all in with that $40 single suitcase, one-way ticket kind of commitment. Yes. But how are you doing now? Um, we're doing well. Uh, I, I had a second uh, brain tumor, which we found way earlier than the first one. Um, but I had a second brain tumor in 2020 and a second brain surgery in the middle of the pandemic, summer oh. of 2020. Um, but that one, um, it was equally as invasive, uh, but the recovery um, wasn't quite as difficult because I had some allergic reactions to medicines the first time that now six years later, we knew what to avoid. And now here we are, what, uh, October, November of 2022. And my health's good. Good. That's so glad to hear that. It's so amazing. You had Disney right there with you. He was yes. helping you along the way. And yes. you obviously recovered perfectly because your speech is amazing. And you couldn't tell by looking at you that you don't do anything. <laughs> well, you just look like I mean, a little kid at heart. Yeah, well, oh. if, I, if I bend my head down, you can see that there's um, some pretty good dents and scar tissue up there. Uh, hey, you know, I'll but I think, every, yeah, and 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 I was just about to say, um, you know, I think we all, if you live on this planet long enough, are going to have some dents and going to have a few scars. Some of them are physical, a lot of them are emotional, and um, you know, Walt teaches us: no matter what, keep moving forward. Uh, you have to have a bigger vision of your future than a willingness to stay stuck in the pain of your past. I love that quote. That's amazing. Amazing, amazing. So if you could give a shout out or statement story, anything to our amazing kiddos that listen, like we just uh, brought on another kiddo to do our team talk uh, podcast who is a Make-A-Wish recipient, and he's obsessed with Donald Duck. It's the cutest thing ever. And they all, everybody loves Disney. You know, mm -hmm. if you could give them a good little story, what would you give them? Well, I, it, it I, whew, great. Um, Not to put I, you I on think, the spot. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Um, it, it goes back to Walt's commitment to confidence. And that is, um, be all in on yourself, be positive about yourself, believe in your ideas, believe in your dreams. But I think most importantly, keep moving forward and keep taking action. Um, we can always overthink, Victoria, but we can almost never overact. And the most important thing Walt did when it came to Disneyland, wasn't having the idea. We all have ideas, right? I mean, we have 10,000 ideas a day. Right. Um, 
what are you doing about those ideas? Um, Walt got up off of that park bench and started taking action. And when his wife, Lily, said, an amusement park, why in the world would you want one of those? He just doubled down and knew that her objection was over the fact that amusement parks back in the day were filthy. And so he just made a commitment, mine, mine will be clean. And he says to his older brother, Roy, we're going to build an amusement park. And Roy could not possibly be more out. And he says, you have had some crazy ideas in your day. I tell you what, Walt, we are not building an amusement park. Well, when the park opened that Roy swore they were never going to build, when it opened in July of 1955, the first person to spend the first $1 to purchase the very first ticket was, guess what? Walt Disney's older brother, Roy. So you, you, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in your ideas. You've got to take action. Uh, you, you've got to be all in. And if it seems weird, if it seems crazy, if it seems, quote unquote, counterculture, that's okay. You're doing something new and different. Nobody ever changed their world or the world by doing what's already been done. Couldn't have said it better. That's amazing. Tell everybody where they can find you. I sent you a friend request. Um, I would like to put you into our group. Everybody can find you there too. But where else can people find you? So you can currently find me on Facebook at uh, Jeff Barnes or The Wisdom of Walt. I've got two different Facebook pages. Um, you can find me on um, Instagram at Dr. Disneyland. Same with LinkedIn. And then um, my website, is the wisdom of Walt.com. And everybody who goes to my website um, has the opportunity to sign up for a free Wednesdays with Walt newsletter um, that will provide in your inbox every single week um, stories of motivation and inspiration to keep you moving forward, as well as updates on um, you know, my next speaking engagement, uh, where I am in the country, where I am in the world. Um, when I'm teaching the next online version of the history of Disneyland. So if anybody heard about that class and was thinking, oh, I wish I could take that, you can. And we're going to be having a section coming up in the very not too distant future. So again, go to my website, sign up for the email, uh, thewisdomofwalt.com. And my books are available on Amazon as well. The Wisdom of Walt and then the follow-up book, which is based uh, mostly on stories from Walt Disney World beyond the wisdom of all. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get both books. I'm going to get them. I can't wait to read them. I'm so excited. All right, my friend. Well, I cannot wait to work with you again. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to talk to all of us. And I wish you nothing but the best and continued great health. Well, thank you, Victoria. And thank you to everyone who uh, is listening. And again, uh, connect with me. Um, I respond to each and every uh, direct message request, email. Um, would love to check in with anyone who wants to have a conversation about almost anything. That's fantastic. Thank you so much.